Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Hi, Dr. Lucy. How are you today? Oh, Mares, I am totally awesome. I'm actually pumped for today. I don't know what it is. Just at the moment, feeling so just enamored with life, which is full on, but great. I'm taking it while it's there. Yes. What about you, my love? How are you? Ah, I'm good. I'm good. I am looking outside and seeing that it is, in fact, a beautiful day today, and I'm going to schedule in some time outside and go to the beach this evening, both of which will do my mental health an enormous amount of good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Today, we're talking about diet culture and how people can become a victim to diet culture. And I see this in my clinic all the time, almost uniformly. Women, mostly women, but men too, women who come into my clinic for help with weight loss and lifestyle advice almost always tell me this, I've tried everything and nothing works. And they can feel extremely despondent and dejected. And what has happened is these people have become a victim to diet culture. However, we can show you a way to transform yourself from a victim of diet culture to a victor. Lucy, tell us more. Okay. So many of you know that I was an expert in dieting. So I have done every diet, every diet, like Weight Watchers, um, Light and Easy, the Soup Diet, the Israeli Army Diet, the Scarsdale Diet, all for many, many years. So in fact, I realized I I myself was a victim of diet culture because what happens with diet culture is its results focused and the result, the only result they talk about is the number on the scales. So you have one data point to focus on. And if you don't meet that data point in whatever the given time is, then you're a failure. And the thing about diet culture is the premise is we have the solution so that you can get your number on the scale. And that solution is always a meal plan, a way to count points, a way to count calories. And the idea being that if you don't follow our prescription, then you won't meet the target. And therefore, if it doesn't work, it's your fault. The problem that comes with this is the results focus rather than the process so that nobody in diet land is rewarded in any way for the process of which they do stuff. And I think the other thing that happens is because you've been given a air quotes prescription to follow, a plan to follow, for many people, they don't know what to do when they don't have this plan. So They then go from either doing the plan to doing nothing. 
And if they don't have a plan, they're a bit scared because it's like, well, what am I going to do? And in fact, what happens over time is that diet culture erodes your own trust, the trust in yourself, the trust that your body actually knows what it needs. So that by the time you come out the other end of diet culture, some people don't, but by the time people come to us, I guess, is the thing we work a lot on at the very start is actually learning to trust yourself. And what that means is that you learn to trust that you'll be able to make a decision and stick with it. You learn to trust how much food your body eats. This is one of the most common questions. How much should I eat? And when you think about that question, I mean, it's kind of weird, isn't it? How much should I eat? Because as humans, we actually have mechanisms put in place to tell our body that. But because we've been following a prescription or a formula or a plan, we have overridden a lot of that signaling. We don't listen to our body. We eat when we're told. And that might be breakfast, lunch, dinner, morning tea, afternoon tea, supper for some people. We eat whether we're hungry or we're not. And we have lost our way in listening to our signals. And couple that with the processed food industry, whose job, they won't tell you this, their job is actually to get you to ignore your food signals by creating hyperpalatable, highly processed food that overrides the food signals. So there's the double whammy. You've got a physiology that no longer listens to the food signals or the satiety signals. And you've got a mindset that the belief is that you can't do it without a formula to follow. It can feel a bit scary going out into the wilderness without a plan And I mean, this is totally our jam. What we really are absolutely passionate about is teaching people how to eat and trust yourself that your body will be able to do it. And it takes some time. Don't worry. We get that. It doesn't happen overnight. Bit of pantene in there. But it does happen. That building of the trust. And that's the process. The trust Learning to trust yourself is the process. So honestly, that can take a little while. Like anything, when you've lost trust with yourself, you know, it doesn't come back overnight. And I often tell this little story about imagine if you were with a friend and you say to this friend, right, I'll meet you for coffee 10 o'clock tomorrow morning at blah, blah place. See you there. And at about 9.30, you're on your way and then you get distracted and you pull into some shop that's got, you know, dresses on sale and you spend two hours in there instead. And you go to your friend, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, something came up. I'll just meet you again tomorrow. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. So your friend goes, oh, okay, well, I understand. You know, very understanding. And so the next day, the same thing happens. You're going there and you just don't turn up. You might not even call her this time. And she starts thinking, oh, this is a bit shabby. And then the third time, 
you know, your lovely friend's waiting and you've just gone off to do something completely different. You can imagine that friend actually just stops believing anything you say because you've broken the promise to her so many times. And I think sometimes that is what happens with us. But a lot of that is because we are put in situations that are really perhaps unsustainable for the long term. So we make these really rigid promises to ourselves, don't keep them, and then we don't know what to do. So part of building trust is actually starting small. So for a lot of people, and maybe you relate to this, maybe you start off in the morning and you're really feeling, yes, I'm starting today. It's Monday, first day of the month or whatever. I'm starting today. Morning tea comes and you're starting to think a bit, oh God, this is pretty hard. At lunchtime, you're sort of suffering through and then afternoon tea comes and someone offers you a cake and you go, yes, stuff it. I'll start tomorrow. What's happening there is that you are breaking that trust to yourself. So we actually start with small things. The small thing might be you just start with one day at a time. And that one day could be as simple as instead of having takeaway five nights or every night that week, you promise yourself that you are going to make one or two meals that week that you can do. The promise has to be something you know that you can keep, not a promise like a wish. I wish I could do this, so therefore I'm going to promise myself I'm going to do five meals a week. The promise is something that you start with. And then when you keep that promise to yourself, and this is where the magic happens, you have to bang on over and over and over again about how awesome that is because our brains love positive feedback and our brain needs to know that it's done the right thing that it has made a promise and kept it so other examples might be you know people go I want to do more exercise I'm going to walk an hour every day they do it once and then stop how about the promises I want to do more exercise I'm starting with five minutes twice a week Most people, when they start with five minutes, will do a bit more. But you can keep that promise to yourself. All you have to do is say, I'm going to do five minutes and I promise myself I will do it. And then when you actually do it, that's the first step to building that trust with yourself. Mares, can you think of, I mean, I can think of it 20 bazillion times in my previous diet life where I used to make promises and they were always pretty full-on rigid promises that inevitably were unsustainable and, and and you know and sometimes the promises were things like right I promised myself I'm going to lose five kilos this month that was my promise and of course being data like looking at the end of the the process not the beginning made it impossible Whereas if my promise to myself may have started off right, you know, and again, it depends where you are in your stage. You might be in, you know, you might you might be on a junk food frenzy where, you know, at the moment, the only thing you can think of is how many, you know, can I have 10 blocks of chocolate this week or six? That might be where you're at. And so you start where you're at and then you build on that trust. Does that make sense to you, Mez? Yes, indeed. And I love what you said there about 
taking the healthy change that you want to make and shrinking it down. That's one of my favorite behavioral change strategies. You shrink the change down to something really manageable. I love it. So Lucy, we are telling people that they can go from being a victim of diet culture to a victor. So those wonderful women in my consult room, often crying, saying, nothing has worked. I can't lose weight. I can't do this. And I tell them, you know what? You can. Why? Why am I so confident that they can? What do we do, you and I, what do we do that is different to traditional diets? Well, I think the first thing is, as many of us know, we don't have a meal plan. We have guidelines and the pillar, you know, can we say it enough? Real food is the pillar. Because two things happen when you eat real food. You actually access the body's natural satiety signals. So that's helpful. But the other thing is, and the wonderful thing is actually building this trust. When people come in and say, I can't do it, it's too hard, or I can't do it, nothing works. Our brains are pattern machines. What that means is they look for patterns and they repeat those patterns and they use those patterns to predict the future. So if you've done diet land and failed, then your brain starts to say, well, no diets work for me. What's the point? So part of understanding the moving, I guess, part of moving from that victim to victor role is understanding that what you've been doing in the past hasn't worked and that's not because of you as the person. It's because of the tools that you've been given to work with by the diet culture land. What's wrong with the tools from the diet culture land? They are data-driven, so they really just focus on the scales They focus on the fact that if you are not meeting weight loss targets, then you're doing something wrong. They focus on follow my formula and you will lose weight. And basically what they do is they take away your power to make decisions. So it becomes this thing of follow my formula, follow my meal plan and you will lose weight. Well, I wanna know if you're doing that, What happens when you go out for dinner and you can't have whatever is on Thursday night's meal plan? What happens when you go on holidays? Well, often what happens is we go, I can't do this meal plan on holidays, so I'm not doing anything. We go the other way. So the thing about the victim and the victor, it's seriously all within mindset. Now, mindset, again, is a term that is easily misconstrued. People think mindset is willpower. Mindset is not willpower. Mindset is understanding the stories in your head, the stories that your brain will offer to you. And sometimes these stories are super enabling. They will say to you, you can do this, you've done it before, and they'll be wonderful. Other times they're stories that have a past experience that then comes the story that is the most dominant, which is a common one. It is that one of, I need to know what to eat. Tell me what to eat. 
if you don't tell me what to eat, I won't be able to do it. And I can tell you now, I could tell you what to eat, but what I can't guarantee is that that is going to result in weight loss because every single person is different. And I think the thing with diet culture is it's a kind of a a cookie cutter approach. They use formulas. So they will say, right, you know, if you're a five foot seven, 40 year old woman, you will use this many calories a day. If you then add in half an hour of walking briskly, that will burn off such and such calories a day. Very formulaic. Problem is we are not actually machines as humans. We have been adapted over tens of thousands of years to our environment, and we are way more complex than a formula. So I think that's the summary is why doesn't diet culture work? And it's honestly because it relies on formulas. I often say to people, think about little kids. When we've got a little kid, you know, maybe an 18-monther, and they one day have a huge meal. And as the mother, you're feeling so proud that this child has eaten all your food. And then the next day, they get up for breakfast and they don't want anything. And you're there trying to sort of shovel food in and they're kind of spitting it everywhere. They don't want anything because their body doesn't need the fuel. They eat intuitively. Then at lunch, maybe they'll have something. Maybe they will. Maybe they have a big meal at lunch, but then they might not eat anything at dinner because they are in tune. Their little brains at 18 months old have not been hijacked by advertising, by formulas, and certainly diet culture. Wonderful. So lovely listeners, in our programs at Real Life Medicine, in our membership programs, in our 12-week rebalance programs, we don't use formulas. We empower people to learn how to cook and prepare real food. We teach and empower people to get back in touch with their own fuel needs, with their own hunger and fullness signals. And most importantly, we empower people to learn more about their brain and their mindset and learn the tools that you need to stay on track with continuing to choose to eat real food most of the time moving forward. Wonderful. Mares, I think we're done for today. I look forward, I actually love, the highlight of my week is our weekly chats. So I look forward to seeing you next week and hope uh, our listeners tune in too. Bye, lovelies. Bye-bye. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.